I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. Welcome, Songtown. I'm here with my co-host, Marty Dotson, and we're talking songwriting. Today's episode is going to be a fun one. It's called Stop Doing This. Um, you please. know, Marty, <laughs> please, please make it stop. <laughs> um, this is going to be fun and, and lighthearted. Marty and I are going to do this episode because we love you guys. And we see a lot of times when, you know, we... Gosh, how many songs a year do we give feedback on, Marty? Thousand uh, plus? Yeah, probably. A lot. Yeah, during, you know, in our mentoring sessions and classes. And we see a lot of common mistakes. So we thought it'd be fun just to do an episode where we talk about some of these mistakes and just use it kind of as a checklist. You know, these are things that I know in my own songwriting, I'm... I might finish a song and I'll, I'll look back and go, Oh my gosh, the first verse I said, you and the chorus says, she, I've got to change that. You know, we're not immune to, to these kind of little errors, but maybe that's the first thing on my list. Stop switching up your pronouns. Who are you talking to in your song? If you are talking to your girlfriend from yesterday and you broke up and, and the whole verse is you, you, you. When you get to the chorus, don't start talking about her and say she did this and she did that. Keep Stop it. You. it. <laughs> Stop it's an easy, it. it's an easy mistake to fall into when you're in the heat of the battle and you're writing, but it's an easy thing to always not fall into because all you've got to do is every time you sit down to write. Picture who you're singing to. Picture who you're writing these words for. Um, and if you have that person in your mind while you're writing, you're going to write clearer and you're not going to mix up your pronouns. All right. I've got mine. Clay and I are going to alternate. <clears throat> Quit saying, wrote a hit today. <laughs> I, I don't know how many people I say I see every single day that they write, they post, Wrote a hit today with so-and-so and so-and-so. Nothing says I did not write a hit today like saying I wrote a hit today. You, you know, if, if you look at like Ashley Gorley, who's had 60-something number ones, he's not posting that, you know? Yeah. And it, it, all, it just kind of shows people that if you think you're writing a hit every day and you haven't had a hit yet, it shows you don't know what's going on, you know? So stop, please. Stop saying wrote a hit today. Here's here's if I post anything about what I wrote, I'll say wrote one today that we loved. That's absolutely yeah. true. You know, it, it's not hyping things up. It's not going too far with it. You know, so maybe maybe change those posts to wrote one today that we loved or loved the hang today with these great songwriters that those kind of things. But stop, please stop saying wrote a hit today oh so can i say i wrote a smash today <laughs> no same same category <laughs> what about wrote a banger today uh no well <laughs> i mean I, it could it could bang and still be a really bad song so i guess that one could be true yeah i think a banger is just you you feel like you're proud of what you wrote today yeah or it could be that it's just really fast up tempo song. There could be really bad or good up fast up tempo songs. 
All right, what's your next one, Clay? All right, we're just throwing these out quickly. We don't have a script. We're just going by the seat of our pants, right? <laughs> yes, we are. Okay. Don't start every line of your song, every vocal line on the same beat. I sing this all the time. Somebody will write every line of the verse will come in on the downbeat, beat one. Then when they get to the chorus, every line starts on the downbeat, beat two. Hit songs 99% of the time. Don't do this. You know, there's always exceptions. But vary it up. You know, if you're coming in the verse on the downbeat, maybe the chorus, you come in two or three notes before the downbeat. You know, come in early. Push the beat a little bit. Add some excitement by pushing the rhythm. Um, maybe if you're, I've you know I've looked at my own songs because I started noticing this about some songs we were critiquing and it it was starting to bug me because what happens is by you get to the second verse you start getting kind of bored with what's going on. So I looked at my own hit songs that I've had in the past and my own songs that were recorded by big artists and none of them broke this rule. They all started, your verse started on one one beat of the bar, and then the pre-chorus was different, then the chorus was different, and it just keeps people engaged. It keeps them interested in your song. Yeah, absolutely. That is very important. Okay, mine, stop abusing people's time. And, okay, what I mean by this is, I don't know how many times I've said, Someone has said to me, hey, can I have 15 minutes of your time for X, Y, Z? And I've said, sure. And 30 minutes later, I'm having to go, hey, I've got to go to something. And they're like, whoa, whoa, one more one more question. And then, at, you know, 45 minutes gone by and they still won't let me go. <clears throat> or people that have uh, come up to me, I'm, I'm somewhere at a music event maybe, and I'm walking toward my wife and people cut me off and don't let me get to my wife because they want to ask me a question. Be conscious of really respecting people's time, you know, so don't abuse people's time. Stop doing that. If you're doing that, if you get a certain amount of time, be grateful for that amount of time. If you want to make a good impression, don't even use all that, you know? So if you ask for 15 Take 10, be gracious, thank them, and and move on. And and people are going to remember that. So Clay and I both help all kinds of people. We're here to help people. But we want people to respect our time and to respect, you know, if there's somewhere I've got to be or if, if I'm there with family or, you know, I'm having dinner with my wife, then you might not walk up and try to have a 30-minute conversation with me kind of thing. So stop abusing people's time and be a little more self-aware about that. Okay. This is going to go along with the wrote a smash today. Um, <laughs> I got, a, I got an email from someone just this morning, starting out. I'm a great songwriter, but I always have room for improvement and went on to talk about all their accomplishments. And this is, there's something about human nature And if you start off going to see a publisher or you're pitching a song to an artist or a producer and you start off by saying how great you are, 
automatically people are going to kind of coil back, recoil back. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. it, it just turns them off. You know, it's better to undersell and play them an amazing song. And they go, wow, I wasn't expecting that. That's what you want. You want to surprise people. If you start off by telling people how great you are, you will never surprise them. It yeah. doesn't matter if you play them a great song after that or not. They've already pulled back. Yeah. So it's just in, it's just in human nature to undersell and surprise people. It's a better way of impressing people than to come across as, hey, I'm this great writer. I've got great songs and, you know, wrote a smash today. That will push people, professional people, it will push them away from you. Yeah. You want them to tell you that you're great, not you tell them that, that you're great. Yeah. You want them to feel like they've discovered, you know, something wonderful here and they're helping you on your journey. Not that, you know, you're telling them how great you are and, and that they should help you. You know, that's, it's a totally different approach, but it is so important. You know, subtlety is a lost art today. I think with social media, people think they have to scream the loudest. But I'm telling you, like you said, Ashley Gorley, um, Craig Wiseman, no one that's writing hits, Marty Dotson, he's not on social media going how great I am, how many hits I've written today. It's just not going to happen. They're, they're too busy being creative and focused on letting their, their art and their songs do the talking. Yeah, awesome. All right, my next one is stop writing Seinfeld songs. <laughs> so I hear lots of songs that are kind of about nothing. And to get something through all the noise that's out there, your song has to be about something that inspires passion in, in the artist. And I don't mean passion like they all have to be love songs, but when they, when the artist or the people between you and the artist hear that song, it's got to be significant in, in what it says it's got to have power behind the idea. It's got to have this passion factor because you're asking the artist to spend $50,000 recording that song, you know, and if they're going to spend that kind of money, it's got to be great. And, and I've even heard people um, come to me and they'll go, Hey, could you pitch this to so-and-so for me? Um, I I only did a guitar vocal of it because uh, I'm not so sure that it's great. And I'm like, wait, wait, you're not willing to spend several hundred dollars on it, but you're asking an artist to spend twenty five to $50,000 on it. And so, you know, I think we have to be really honest with ourselves. And there's plenty of songs that I write that I don't demo because I know they're not great. You know, they're good. They're solid but they're not great. There's great songs that I only do a guitar vocal demo on it. So it's, that's not the point, but the point is if you're not willing to invest in that song and you don't believe in that song enough to, to give it whatever it needs to be successful, then you don't have a chance down the road with an artist. Um, so make sure that you're, you're writing songs about something substantial that, that an artist is going to go. Yes my audience wants to hear that from me or yes, that's exactly how I feel. Uh, and, and so 
in the writing process, just make sure that you're not writing those Seinfeld songs that are songs about nothing, that that just kind of don't have that passion factor to them. Okay, my next one. Quit writing songs for the sake of writing songs. Quit writing huge number of songs. And what I mean by this is I've seen people that are convinced the way to make it is to book three co-writing sessions a day on Zoom, write 400 songs this year, and you're going to just blow up and be big. Well, i got news for you. There are 100,000 songs a day uploaded to Spotify. 100,000 songs a day. That's the, a world, the world does not need any more songs. Don't give in to this numbers game. I, I think there was a time where great writers who wrote a lot of numbers, it paid off. But I think right now there's so many songs being slung out into the world. If you're an artist, you've got this pressure. I've got to put out, you know, my social media person says, I need a song out every, you know, certain amount of days, once a month. We're going to do, you know, a brand new single once a month. And then we're going to put out an album and we've got these numbers to hit. None of that's going to matter if the song sucks. Yeah. You know, when Gail puts out one song, A, B, C, D, E, F, U, which was a, just an incredible idea. They executed it well. They wrote it well. It's firing on all cylinders. One song took off and built her career. She didn't need to release a song every week. You yeah. know, she needed to release one song that was great. So my advice is to stop thinking of it as a numbers game and stop slinging out just average material and wait until you have written a song that is phenomenal and put that out. You yeah. know, it's hard. It's hard. But one great song will get you further than the next 10 years of putting out one song a week that is average. Yeah. You know, it, when I see somebody saying, and I did this in the beginning, I think there's value when you're starting out and just writing a lot because you, yes. you've, you've got to get those 10,000 hours in, you know, to, to really master some basic aspects of the craft. But yes. there, there comes a point when you are starting to write songs that are competitive sometimes that you need to slow that down and go, instead of writing 300 songs, I'm going to write a hundred and then I'm going to take the best of those hundred and try to make them great. Yeah. Because if you, if you're writing 300 songs a year, you don't have time to make any of them great probably. And if, if they weren't great at the start and right. speaking for me, a lot of times my songs need a little more work after the initial sec session. So I'm a, a big believer in that. Like, yeah, write a lot when you're beginning, but once you start getting some feedback that you're in the ballpark, slow down a little bit, and go, I want to, I want to learn now, which ones are the best ones and need more time. And I need to learn which ones to let go of and, and just let them be what they are. Yeah. And there is a time also as a professional that you need to just be hanging on by the seat of your pants and slinging out songs a lot because they are getting recorded. If you are on a roll, if every song you're writing is getting picked up for sync and and I don't mean just signed to a library. I mean, actually thrown into a show. Making money. Into, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're making dollars and there's a reason to keep slinging those songs out quickly, um, 
because they have an impact on the world. Yeah. But if you're trying to break through and, and get that, you know, momentum, get that ball rolling, that's going to take a great song. So there's a time and a place, you know, like you said, early on, if you want to build your chops up, get your 10,000 hours, but then I would pull back and write some songs that really matter that are great songs that get people's attention. And then when you're a working professional making money, then you can amp it back up again. You know, so right. I think you think you, there's kind of three stages there and, and figuring out where you are in that, you know, in that pendulum, I think will help you with your writing a lot. Yeah. I knew a hit writer one time and he, he got on a really hot streak and, his publisher was getting stuff cut that he hated. And he's, he was like, I'm embarrassed that they even pitched that song, but it's just getting cut because I'm hot as a writer right now. And he was like, it pays the same, but still I would rather not have that song out there with my name on it, you know? Right. So that's, that's the kind of luck that all of us hope for. Not, not many of us attain. I've got one more. Stop saying my songs are better than the ones on the radio. Clay and I would be rich men if we had a dollar for every time we've heard that. And it's so far, it's never been true. And so when we hear that or anybody in the industry hears it, we're going, Oh yeah, there we go. You know, there's, there's somebody else who doesn't, you know, doesn't have a clue about how things work. And some of you heard me tell this story, but there was a guy that came to an event, Clay and I were at about five years in a row and he would bring the same CD with the same 10 songs on it every single time. And he told me, I, I said, are you not writing anything new? And he goes, why well, write anything new? These 10 songs are better than everything on the radio. I'm just trying to get them recorded. And I'm like, yeah, but you've been doing that for five years and they're not getting recorded. So maybe they're not, you know? And I think Clay asked him, well, how many people in the industry have you played them for and he was like oh dozens and, and clay was like well and none of them think they're better than the ones on the radio but you still do after five years you know so pros just don't go around saying my songs are better than the ones on the radio we're 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 proud of our work and we're always striving to write better songs than we've written before but but we're competing against ourselves more than what's on the radio we're trying to write the best song we've ever written and if it's great and it fits the market, then it'll find a home. But stop saying my songs are better than the ones on the radio. Yeah. And Play you know, you we're, we're, we're only saying that these things, Marty, we don't, if you find that you're listening to this and you go, Oh, I've, I've done that before. Well, so have we on a lot of this stuff and we've had to, in order to be successful, overcome our own, you know, pitfalls in the way we think and learn to have a more professional approach to it. And so yeah. we kind of, we're hoping that you can learn from our experience and this will save you some of the, the heartache and some of the struggle of, of trying to get to a professional state of mind. And we're, you know, we're trying to help you because we see things people are doing to shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah. You know? And so it's either things we've done personally, or we've seen other people do it and really burn bridges and that kind of thing. So yeah, we're doing it in a playful, hopefully funny way that we talk about it, but we're doing it to try to help you. Do you have one more, Clay, or is that it? That's it, man. I am all out. 
All right. We'll probably think of some more later. We'll do another stop. We'll do stop doing this part two. <laughs> All right. Check out the show notes for information on books, information on Songtown, uh, information on Sweetwater, our sponsor. Um, we are powered by Sweetwater, which is an amazing gear company. So hope you'll check all that out and we'll see you soon. If you're looking at our podcast on camera, you can see behind me, I have a whole studio of Sweetwater. I think I'm just going to name my recording studio Sweetwater. Oh, you should. <laughs> all right, everybody take care. We'll see you next time.